Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. So we're in a series called Meltdown. How are you in your meltdown moments? Are you like a pretty, do you cry pretty or is it just ugly? Is it messy? Messy? Ugh, like snot? Like your mascara's running? Hey, there's nothing worse, Daniel, come on. Like when your mascara's running. <laughs> Just, it's a horrible sight. Come on. Right? Meltdowns. We all have them. Amen? What's interesting is I see there's like this pattern. It's not just this year. I just see this pattern emerging year after year, uh, especially when we get to the end, where, where people are like, you know what? I just need, I just need a new start. I need this fresh beginning. I, bring on 2023. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, I'm tired of this year. I'm done. What a fail. See you later, 2022. I'm done with you. I want 2023. If, you, if you're like me, you're hearing that a lot. You're experiencing that a lot. You hear people say uh, a lot about when you get to the end of a year, they've got a lot to say about the year that was. Like, man, that was a terrible year. Right? Uh, it's very seldom that you'll hear somebody, unless you've won the lotto, come through the end of a year and just be like, what a fantastic year. If I could relive that year, do you have like a favorite year when you were growing up? Like my favorite year, when I turned 19, life was just good. Life was good at 19. At 19, I had tons of money. I was driving a real nice car. I had a great job. I worked long hours. But for the most part, I could afford to do whatever I wanted. I lived, I didn't live at home. My mother was, I think I was out by then. Shame on her. But the, um, I, like life was good at 19. Parties were happening. I think I, 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 I was a little skinnier than I am now. It's marginal. And I had a little bit more muscle. But apart from that, like it, again, you wouldn't know if you saw photos. You just wouldn't know. But being 19, do you have like a favorite time? Like, when, man, when I was that age, that was awesome. I haven't had that since. I had 19. And then after that, it's been like, you have your 19th birthday. Then you turn like 25. Right, and then suddenly the years go by. Like, I feel like I have a birthday every four months now, right? <laughs> it's not a great feeling. But I, I think about what we say about the year that was, and I wonder, why would people feel this way? Or, or worse, why would they say this? Why would you say that? Is it because 2022 didn't go the way you thought it was going to go? Yeah, there's a lot of disappointment. You started strong. Right, like in the name of Jesus, bring on 2022. You remember when the year started, you like kicked down that door, bam, happy new year. Friends, I'm here. Right, some of you used other words. I'm in. Bring this year on. Then like you got back to work and you're like, oh dear. Oh dear. You had this like expectation. And if you're like me, you just thought it was going to go great guns. I enter every year, I don't play the lotto, but I have faith that I'm going to win it anyway, right? I enter every year with the same faith. This year, my, oh, this year I'm going to win the lotto, 100%, 100%. I'm guaranteed of it. And I still believe that's going to happen. New Year's Eve, I think there's a big one. I have a feeling I might win it. I'm not going to play, but I still think I'm going to win it. Like it, it will be a miracle, but I'm believing for that miracle. And then when I find out other people won it, I'm never happy for them. I'm never. I hear somebody won like 40 million. I never be like, man, that's amazing for them. The things that go through my mind, like you pig, you absolute pig, you don't need all of it. 
If I won all of it, I would need it all. But if they win it, I don't think they need it all, right? And you, you were hoping for this mountaintop experience in 22. You were hoping that it was going to get good and stay good. And then when it didn't go good and it didn't stay good, you had a meltdown. Am I right? I want you to know that if you expected everything to go really perfectly in 22, you are not alone. I was with you. I had no, no, nothing in my life did I feel like 2022 is going to bring anything bad. I don't think that way. So when things happen, like it's tough. It is tough. Now you, you experience something great with God and then you experience, you're expecting it to snowball. Have you ever had that experience? You pray for somebody, you're like, man, I hope God could heal this person. And then you pray for them and then they get healed. And then you're like, okay. My healing ministry has just begun. Every person I shake hands with now or touch or speak to will be healed. Have you had that? Uh, like for me, a real kind of a, a, a real one that I've experienced this year, Lizette had pain in her shoulder, right? And there's one part of me that I was like, that's good. I'm actually happy she's got pain in her shoulder because it means there's less likely for her to like swing at me, right? But because I'm like a Christian and stuff, I wanted to see her heal. You do not know how many videos I've watched on healing, how much I've like, if I watch Billy Burke enough time, the anointing will ooze through the TV screen. Be on me. I have prayed for Lizette's arm that many times. She has not been healed. That's disappointing. That's disappointing. I don't want the doctor to win. I want to win. And when the doctor does win, I'm claiming it anyway because I don't think he's prayed as much as me, Right? But you're expecting everything to snowball. The trouble with it is, as soon as we have high highs, we think it's going to continue. But often after the peak comes the valley. And we don't like the valley. I don't like the valley. The valley is dark and it's horrible. I don't like it. And that's actually your meltdown zone. When things don't go the way you thought it was going to go, that's where in that zone there is where you spiral. That's where you find, I can't see the light. I can't see out of this place. It's cold where I am. It's dark where I am. I was at the mountaintop. What has happened? Where's God? How's this going to happen to me in the future? This can't keep happening. I'm struggling. That's your meltdown zone. Amen? And so I want to share with you about a guy by the name of Elijah. Now, there's Elijah and Elisha in the Bible, right? And I struggle. Here's the easiest way I know how. It's kind of a bit more primitive. Elijah is first, Elisha second is second. I was, it's Elijah and then Elisha second. That's the easiest way. Elijah and Elisha second. He came second. Elisha is second because he has an S in it. Elijah is first because he doesn't have an S in it. Elijah, right, and then Elisha second. That's how it works. That's how you remember. We're talking about Elijah. He's number one. Elisha second is coming later. Are you with me? Don't forget it, right? And Elijah has had this mountaintop experience. This guy's awesome. Prophet of God. He's defeated the prophets of Baal, right? There's a lot like in the media at the moment. But Baal, and he's prayed like fire from heaven, and God has turned up, and he's like, who to man? And not only has God turned up, and there's fire from heaven, he then goes and kills everybody. And I'm like, man, I'd love that. When God turns up and then I'm allowed to just go and kill everyone. That'd be awesome. All the false prophets put to death. All of them. 
That is a solid, that's just a good day at the office. He's a prophet. He had a job to do. He turned up. God turned up. He's like, man, I want to show you who my God is. Come, show me what you got. You're a joke. And in fact, he does. You can see some of the things he says. It's brilliant. He absolutely slaughters them. He roasts them. And then fire from heaven. Bam. And then he's like, right. Shwing. Ninja time. And he goes on a killing spree. And God's happy about it. And then it's unfair. Because I can't do that. And then this episode of like great victory is followed by an episode of great fear. And it doesn't make sense. And so I want to share this with you because he starts running from Queen Jezebel. And it's hard to understand. How can you like, how can you see the power of God on one day and then you're afraid of some girl somewhere who threatens you later? Like it doesn't make sense. You just kill like 450 odd people or more and then, and then now suddenly you're afraid. It doesn't make sense to me. And some of your meltdowns don't even make sense to you, right? And so in 1 Kings 19, it says this, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah, not Elisha's second, had done including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent, uh, sent this message to Elijah. She just sent a text. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you as you killed them. This chick is angry. And angry girls you run from. And I think that's the, the thing you've got to kind of get in your head. Guys, we can have a punch up. And even if we both lose, we both believe we won and we move on. Girls, no. No, you never win. Elijah was afraid. Of course he was. He fled for his life. Proof of it. He went to Beersheba town in Judah, wherever he went. And he left the servant there. I like that. He's like, well, bro, here we're going to go here. Wait here. I'll see you in a minute. And then does a runner. Leaves his servant there, which makes no sense as well at all. He went on alone into the wilderness, traveling a day. And he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Like, bro, this has escalated in a massive way. I understand you're scared, but you've just killed a whole lot of people. You've just seen the power of God on display. You run, sit under a tree, and just be like, God, kill me now. And I know, like, when it comes to things like meltdowns, your response to a meltdown doesn't always make sense to other people. And you feel like this is massive for me. And the people around you are like, it's not actually that massive. It's not that big a deal. You're like, you don't understand. You don't understand. It's my only hair straightener. Like, I don't have another hair straightener. And the guy's going, it's a hair straightener. Baby, you look beautiful even when you look like a grizzly bear. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's, there's no need for this thing. You're having a meltdown. Come on, so lady. You're having this meltdown, and he's like, I don't understand. And your response to that is, God, kill me. Right? To the guy, it's like, that is excessive. I'm just thinking, like, let's go. We're going to be late. But for somebody else, it's a big deal. Amen? I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Solid. Come on. I wonder who cooked for him. 
He looked around, and beside him was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he had pizza, he ate, drank, and lay down again. He's full. It's good. He's a man. Then the angel of the Lord came and touched him again and said, Get up, eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up, ate, drank, ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain, to, to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came into a cave where he spent the night. Now watch this. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are we doing? What are you doing here? That's important. Where are I? Now Elijah replied. Watch his reply in light of what God asked him. What are you doing here? I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you torn down your altars, killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me too. And God says to him, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, now watch here, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. The wind was, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And that voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replies the same way, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, killed every one of the prophets, and I'm the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. He goes on to give him instruction, things to do. He goes on and tells him what he's going to do next, but I'm going to stop there. And, and however you got to this meltdown moment, Elijah, turn yourself around and go back. Get back to your place of strength, of victory, and of stability. So here, here we have, here's how you know you're having a meltdown. This is what comes out of your mouth. Things like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I'm over it. I love this one. I wish Alana was here. I literally can't even. <laughs> I wish I could die. I need a minute. I'm depressed. I'm worthless. Or the classic, here's the classic. Why is this only happening to me? Ever said that? We think it's only us that's in the situation. Right? Is it true? Notice how, how God responds to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah gives him this whole sob story about what's happened and, and how we've arrived at this location. He's helping God understand the gravity of the situation. God obviously does not get it. And so he feels the need to explain it to God. And what he forgets is God is not blind. He doesn't see, he does, he's not stupid. If God asks you a question, it's because you don't know, not because he doesn't know. What are you doing here? 
And the correct answer is, I'm hiding because I'm afraid. And I've lost my confidence. And I'm so angry. And I don't understand how I could be so good one day and so useless the next. How can on one day I'm so bold, full of faith, and on the next day I just crumble and I fall apart and it doesn't make sense? I'm here because I'm having a meltdown. I'm here because I don't know what to do anymore. I'm here because I'm lost. And I've run from everything that makes sense. And I'm trying to hide away and cower away. And we're in a situation where people think that locking themselves away is the answer. And it is not. What are you doing here? What are you doing? And God is still asking the same question. What are you doing here? What excuse do you have that is irrelevant to God? What is it? What are you, what are you holding? What's holding you back? What fear has you hiding in a cave? What are you on the run from? Who are you on the run from? What are you doing here? And Elijah thought he was the only one struggling. And God says to him, not even close. Just by the way, I've got 7,000 people. Stop your whining. There is 7,000 people that haven't bowed their knee. And you think you're the only one who hasn't bowed his knee. You think you're the only one struggling with your issue. What are you doing here? You're not the only one. And there's many of us that are going through these times. And we go through these challenges. And I want to encourage you, hang in there. Hang in there, because not a lot of people are going to say that to you. And when you text it to somebody or say it to somebody, they just think like you haven't got an answer. No, sometimes you have to stand your ground. Just hang in there. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I know it doesn't sound like it, doesn't feel like it, but sometimes nobody's going to say anything more than just hang in there. I don't know how God's got this, but God has got this. And we've said it so many times as Christians that it sounds wishy-washy. Like we don't have an answer, so we'll just say hang in there. No, sometimes you have to hang in there. I used to swim, and when you're swimming out to somebody and they're drowning, you have to continually shout at them, I'm coming. I'm on my way. It's going to be okay. I'm going to break your nose in a moment, but we're going to get through this okay. Right? I love you, but I have to break your nose so that we can get you out. But I'm on my way. You're going to be okay. And when you reach out to them and they're thrashing around like a shark, sometimes that's the only thing that keeps them alive. You have to hold on to the smallest amount of hope sometimes in a really dark situation. Amen? Hiding yourself away won't help. And we need to stop looking for God in the big things. You're looking for answers in the wrong place. Oh, it's a sign from God. The, there, was this big, there was this big wind thing that happened and rocks were torn off. That must be God. And he's going, I'm not in that. But there was an earthquake. That must be from God. I'm not in the, what are you talking? I'm not in the earthquake. I'm looking for a sign. Ah, oh, it's the fire. That's what it is. That's what it is. When the moon turns red, that's God. God I'm not in the fire. I'm in that still 
small voice and there is a lot of loud going out there that you're running from and having a meltdown about, but God is in the still small voice. It's the Holy Spirit that is going to speak to you when you're in that quiet place and you need to start to listen for His voice, not to start to look out for things. Look for a sign, look for a solution, Google something. Maybe if I search this, maybe if I read this book. No, the answer is going to be found in the presence of God where you sit there quietly and you begin to hear from him again the same way you did in the beginning when you didn't know that all of those stupid solutions existed. Do you remember when you first gave your life to the Lord? What did you have? You had a a Bible that didn't really make sense and you'd sit down on the floor on your bed and you just read it. I don't know how to pray, so I'll just say, God, show me. And I can't remember everything. Everyone else seems smarter than me, so I'm just going to open the Bible. God, help me to remember. I didn't want to remember so that I could just know it. I wanted to remember so I didn't sound stupid in front of people. And he helps you, and he helps you remember the word and understand the word so that you don't have to look stupid in front of people, but you could just help people who just behave stupidly. The word comes alive to you. And he starts to speak to you and he starts to drip feed. And we're waiting for this big, you know, something. There's no big something coming. Doesn't exist. You want to hear from God? You want the solution? It's going to be when you turn all the loud off, when you turn all the screen off, when you turn everything around you down and you just sit there. Be still and know that. Come on. I think the Holy Spirit is still asking the same question. Where are we? Where are we? Where are you? Where are you? Answer that for yourself. Don't scream it at me. I'll be like just in front of you, third row back. (laughs) Where are you? Time to get back to your place of strength. Where were you? There was a moment where you were powerful. There was a moment where you were functioning. There's a moment where you were strong, where you were seeing victories. And you thought like, oh, no, that's just like a stepping stone, and I'm just going to kind of keep moving. No, no, sometimes you've got to find your, you've got to find your wind zone and stay there. Stay in your wind zone. This trying to figure everything out doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work. You want, if you want to grow, he has the greatest advice I can tell you. Stay in your wind zone and get out of your comfort zone. Don't get out of your wind zone. Stay in your wind zone. Some of you are brilliant at what you do. Stop trying to be brilliant at what somebody else does. I am good at what I do. Things like media and, sound and Facebook and getting all the live stream stuff to do. I'm good at it. I wasn't good tonight, but other times I've been good at it. I don't want to hear anything from any of you at the back. Thank you, sir. Because I don't get that from everyone else. I get massive judgment. They just put me down the whole time. They shout vulgars and nasty things at me. I don't understand. So here's what's cool. If you carry on reading... Right? This is amazing. If you carry on reading, God's like, where are you at? What are you doing? What are you doing here? And he's like, oh, no, it's because everything's going wrong and it's not working out my way. And he's going, are you finished having your cry? Like, because when your sob story is finished, what are you doing here? And he's like, and God's like, see all of this. I want to show you something. See, I'm not in that. I'm in the still small voice. And he's like, whoa, this is cool. And God goes, right. So while we're going to use that, what are you doing here? 
And his answer is, I think I told you once, you obviously got a bad memory, Lord. So what it is, is this is my problem. You are going to face problems. You are going to face challenges. You are going to have moments that are big and moments that are not big. You're going to have meltdowns. You're going to have days where you walk in here, you're like, praise God, he's the best. I've got an increase. And then days where you walk in, you go, my whole increase is taken by the tax man. Right? You're going to have great days and meltdown moments. Fine. Stop dying in that meltdown moment. Get out of that mess. Get back to a place of strength. And so what he does, he says to him, I want you to go back and I want you to anoint this guy's king and that guy's king and I want you to anoint Elisha second. Right? That's what he's doing. You're remembering it now, yeah? Elisha second. Elisha. And, and, and what you don't realize, this is the most powerful thing you can remember. Elijah never that I can see returns to his former glory to the, the peak of that ministry, I don't see the return of that. I never see him kind of make it back to the peak of where he was. But what I do see is that he had a responsibility to raise and release the next generation of victorious people. And Elisha second goes on to do like twice the amount of miracles. You can hide in your cave and have your meltdown moment and your sob story. And I've always said to people, take the night, have a cry. You know, pain may endure for the night. It's welcome to. But joy comes in the morning. Have your cry, have your sad, then get up, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Because on the other side of your sob story, your pain, your meltdown moment is a generation who needs you to raise and release them. And you think to yourself, so why is this happening? Because the enemy is brilliant. If he can kill you in the cave, he kills the future. If he can lock you in that closet, you're stuck forever, you die, and so does everybody that you were called to minister to, that you were called to raise, that you were called to lead, that you were called to do things to. You are the one who ends it for them because you decide that it's such a big problem, it's only my problem, only I'm going through it. Nobody else ever faced what you're facing. And God's going, what are you on about? What are you doing here? We're not talking. And by the way, there's 7,000 other people struggling with the same thing you're struggling with. Do you feel better? No, not really. Good. Now let's move. Because they're waiting for you. Yes, but I'm struggling. I heard you. But they did the wrong thing. I heard you. Well, it's unfair. I heard you twice. No, I don't deserve this. I heard you the first two times, man. How long do we have to talk about this? I've often said to people, if I could go back in time and take what happened to you, the pain, what they said, what they did, whatever it is, that everything that you hold so dear to yourself as your big thing that's wrong, if I could take it from you, I would take it. As God is my witness, I would take it from you. I would do it to see you better. If it meant that I have to just implode so that you could be okay. I would do that for someone. Because some people's hurt and some people's pain is so extreme that like, it, it physically hurts me. And I think I would do anything. But the truth of the matter is I can't wind back the clock. And I cannot take it from you. 
No one can take it from you. I cannot make it go away. I can't stop the words, what he did, what she said. I can't, there's nothing I can do, no barrier I can put in place. And here's the truth of it, neither can God. But we live in a world where it is fallen, where everything is, is falling apart. And some of what happened to you is unfair. I accept that. It doesn't make sense. I agree. And I'm supposed to be a Christian. I've got the same questions. I'm a child of God. How could that? I don't know. But a great man of God once asked me, he almost copped it, I almost punched him, and I wanted to. But he said to me, Andrew, are you going to get bitter or are you going to get better? I hated that. So you're going to get better or are you going to get bitter? What do you want to do? Once you realize that 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 happened was either an opportunity for me to grow or an atrocity that should never have happened. Either way, I must move forward. I have to keep going. I have to keep pushing. Could you imagine if you lost your job and you're like, that's it, that's how I can never work again? I just may as well sit under this tree and die. It's over. I lost my job. How could I survive outside of Domino's? It's like $12 an hour. It's over. Imagine somebody said that to you. You'd be like, what? What would it? No. No, 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 no. Maccas is employing. No, 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 it doesn't know. I can't. It's over. Lord, take me now. Give me a broom tree and my death, baby, I'm out. It doesn't make sense. And I know when you look at that, you go like, bro, let's go. Dust yourself off. Let's keep moving. When you look at that example, you think, yeah, that makes sense. Like, we can encourage people. Let's go. But when it happens in any other area, when it happens to me, it's like, you know, you don't understand. That's your job at Domino's. This is my one. My one was worse. I know that some of your challenges, are, they, they were horrendous. And you have fear attached to that and doubt attached to that. And confidence was taken. Maybe something physically was taken. Maybe something emotionally was taken. I understand that. But what are you doing here? What are we doing here? If we don't rise up, what happens next? Do you think the call on your life is somehow null and void because you went through a tough time? You're still very much called. And I'll tell you now, I think Elisha had an incredible job to do. I think he did. But you know, he received the mantle from Elijah. There is something that is transferred that is very, very powerful. And you guys are called to transfer something powerful. You carry now the presence of God. And the presence of God breaks chains and heals, delivers people. And you have a responsibility to take what you've got and keep going, not just have a meltdown. Amen? No more negative talk about 22. 
You know that saying, all's well that ends well? No. All's well that begins well. Like, get a move on. How often are you seeing a 100-meter sprint? They go, oh, my gosh, he's come out the blocks 14 seconds late. He's still got a chance at winning. No. You want the best start. You never see an F1 team. Everyone pulls off the grid. Everyone's flying, and you, you see Michael Schumacher come out 40 seconds later to get into his car. No, I'll catch him. I'll catch him. But it's done. Bro, you needed to get off the, the, you needed to go now. Let's go. All's well that begins well. Choose to begin something and go at it. Try tomorrow morning, wake up a couple hours late, phone your boss, say, I know I'm a couple hours late, but I tell you what, come the end of this day, I'm finishing strong. He's going to go, bro, you're going home early and don't come Monday. You're fired. We, we, we're going through these things. We think the ending somehow, like it'll end now and then get better. Or I'm going to be healed at some point and then I'll get going. I'm going to get my life right with God and then I'll start getting involved in church. Or I'm going to give my, I'm, I'm first going to kind of, everything's got to kind of, the stars need to align and then I can make a difference in people's lives. No, God has God is, is good at one very good thing. Like this is the thing that he just, he absolutely wins at. Dealing with broken people, getting them to do extraordinary things. I understand in your brokenness and in your hurt, you want to shut the door. But now's not the time. The world needs you. Your workplace needs you. Your friendship circle needs you. I can't do what you can do. We need each other. Come on. Amen? You ready to pray? Come on, bow your heads quick. What's going on with your meltdown? Who do you know who's having a meltdown? Who can you encourage through a meltdown? Maybe for some of you, it's time to let that go. Maybe it's time for you to realize that if God could do it, then he can do it again. You can't find your identity in the brokenness and in the failure and in the things that didn't work. You've got to find your identity in Jesus, your Savior. Some of you are so good at your past is your identity. Your past is not your identity. Your identity is found in Jesus and He is very much alive. And the Holy Spirit, that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, He wants to speak to you and minister to you and bless you and lead you and guide you. And you're going to grow. You're going to grow tremendously, but you won't grow if you hide yourself away. Some of you are trying to navigate life and it's, it's not making sense. And it did. There was a moment, a brief moment where you're like, this does make sense and now it doesn't make sense anymore. As hard as it is, you're going to have to let go of the things that are dragging you away from Him and you're going to have to begin to move toward that place of strength again.
What do you need to let go of right now? What excuse do you need to let go of? What hurt do you need to let go of? What pain do you need to let go of? What past do you need to let go of? What is it that you have to release to God so that you can rise again? Because it's pinning you down. Come on, the world needs you. Amen. I want to see God do something incredible in your life. This year is not over. Every day is another opportunity for us to go. Let's not waste these opportunities. You're in this place and you're like Elijah. God's going, what are you doing here? And you have a really great explanation of what happened. I got so hurt in church. My relationship. What are you doing here? Time to let it go. I don't want you taking this with you to 2023. I want you to come into 2023 skipping, not dragging an anchor. What are you doing here? Come on, the Holy Spirit, I just feel Him just stirring in people right now. You can feel now. I've got to rise up, man. I want to say this to you. Some of you, there is a new you coming that is going to confuse everybody who knows the old you. Everybody's looking in and going, what? Leave them confused. Leave them astounded. But rise up. Rise up. You started something. Let's finish. We started this church. Let's go. We said we're going to build God's kingdom and establish a great church in this community. Let's keep going. But it's difficult, okay? And? What are you doing here? Are you prepared to rise up and to keep going? Or do you want your story to be, no, I, uh, I, had, I did something great for God, but then opposition came and I died in a cave, hiding because I was afraid. Come on, as you're sitting here, I don't want that for your life. There is a still, small voice. The Holy Spirit can be quiet and speak gently to you 
and be more powerful than any loud noises or anything the enemy can throw at you. But it's for you to respond to God now. I cannot do that for you. All I can do, is, and, and this is not even a God thing, I'm just, I'm begging you with everything that is within me. Don't let this be your story. Don't leave there things that could have been done, but I didn't because of, and then add whatever excuse you've got. Please, keep fighting. I know for some of you it's tough at the moment. I mean this with all my heart. Hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. We're going to get through it. Lord, I pray for every person in this room right now. Give them the courage to step out of that cave into what seems like certain difficulty. In what looks like madness, what looks like could be their death, give them the courage to face what's coming against them. No matter how loud Jezebel is, give them the courage to stand in the knowledge that Jesus is more powerful. We've got a couple of weeks together and we're going into the most challenging time. People need you. I can't do it alone, but neither can you. We do need each other. Lord, I thank you that you're raising a generation that will stand, that will be counted, that will look in and say, I am well able. I've faced challenges and I've overcome them. The same God who helped me then can help me today. The same God who gave me faith then can give me faith today. I get a sense that for some of you, you feel like my faith is dwindling. Man, I feel like God is going to inject a new amount or a new portion of faith into your life. And, and something's going to begin to stir on the inside of you. You're going to have new words. You're going to have new thoughts. You're going to have new ideas. You're going to have new, you're going to walk into this place and say, I am here to worship the Lord. You're going to call things that are not as though they were because you'll be so full of faith and you will see it happen. So keep going. Amen. Come on, while your head's bowed, you're not where you should be. You want to just acknowledge that I'm, I'm not where I should be. I see your hand, but I want to come back to Jesus. I see your hand. If it is a night, it's now. I'll pray for you. If that's you, just slip your hand up. So you just include me in that prayer. I see your hand. Great decision. I want to get you in a second just to stand to your feet. For those that are giving their life to the Lord or recommitting their life to the Lord, wherever you're at, as you stand, let it be a prophetic declaration that I'm not staying where I am. I'm standing up and standing proud of where I'm going because great things are ahead of me. Amen. Come on, let's stand as we pray.
Father, I pray for every person who's making that decision. If the hand went up or it didn't go up, I thank you, God, that you are breaking the chains that were holding them back. And we're going to see a new fight and a new fire as they enter 2023. There is coming with it a passion and a fire and a determination like they have never seen before. And it's going to be a year of great victory. No matter how many challenges we face, we're going to have victory every step of the way. And we receive that now. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen. It's go time. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at the Link Church, God bless.